basically right before I jumped into the Amazon journey, I was actually the operations manager of an indoor go-kart facility here in like in Las Vegas where I am now. And I happened to be just, you know, trying to get a successful business out of this building because there was two uh, facilities for this company inside of Las Vegas. One was really successful. And the other one that I moved over to was very not successful and had never been profitable. So my goal was to try to get it to be profitable. Now, everybody basically said I was crazy. There was no way I could do it. And they basically just thought I was on a fool's errand. So, hey, go over to this thing and then see what you can do. It's not going to work anyway. So we have no expectations, which kind of is a blessing because if you have no yeah. expectations, any expectation that you have or any results you get is good. They say that life is full of opportunities, right? So why are so many of us dreading getting out of bed to face another day? I know what that's like. My life was full of conflict, stress, failure, and fear. When I got cancer for the second time, my choice was simple, change or die. Today, I love waking up. I love my life. I love owning my own business that is helping people learn and grow. So how do you unlock that kind of transformation in your life? Let's discover the answers together as we hear from ordinary people like you and me and their extraordinary success stories. My name is Donna Gammon, and this is Power to Grow. Welcome everyone to the show today. My name is Donna and we have a very special guest for you today that I know you guys are going to enjoy hearing his story. And let me tell you just a little bit about him though and um, where he's at now. Isaac Coleman has been a Amazon brand developer since 2013. He's responsible for more than 12 million in revenue. He is a co-founder of Real Coaching with Christy Verity, where they have helped over a thousand Amazon sellers grow their business with the right strategies to achieve their freedom goals. They specialize in taking sellers who are stuck and plateaued in their business to break through and reach the real success they desire. Now he is getting to enjoy real freedom and pursue his lifelong passion as a rock musician, having produced and recorded an album, bicycling 11 miles a day, writing poetry book, and traveling the world. Wow, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Isaac, thank you for sharing that and welcome to the show today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I just want to be clear. I'm not a professional musician, but I do like to play as much as possible in my spare time. And I constantly make music as, as much as I can. Oh, I love it. I think that's wonderful. Because when you have a love and you have the opportunity to actually do that, even though maybe not professionally, but it still makes it so much fun and enjoyable. So I think that's awesome that you're doing that. Yeah, uh, you can see it. They can't see it behind me because this will just be audio. But there's like a drum set, guitars, there's like recording equipment and musical like mics and everything behind <laughs> me. So it's kind of my little office slash recording area. So that's what I like to do. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, Isaac, we know you didn't actually start where you're at today. So yeah. tell us a little bit of your backstory and where you started. 
Yeah, so I actually, so let me just get to the point where it's right before I started the Amazon journey, because I could bore you with all the details of how I grew up and all that stuff. But <laughs> I don't have the, you know, we don't have like the luxury of, of a three hour or 10 part series or anything like that. So um, basically, right before I jumped into the Amazon journey, I was actually the operations manager of an indoor go-kart facility here in, uh, in Las Vegas, where I am now. And I happened to be just, you know, trying to get a successful business out of this building because there was two uh, facilities for this company inside of Las Vegas. One was really successful. And the other one that I moved over to was very not successful and had never been profitable. So my goal was to try to get it to be profitable. Now, everybody basically said I was crazy. There was no way I could do it. And they basically just thought I was on a fool's errand. So, hey, go over to this thing and then see what you can do. It's not going to work anyway. So we have no expectations, which kind of is a blessing because if you have no yeah. expectations, any expectation that you have or any results you get is good. Um, but basically it had been open for at least a year and a half from memory. I don't know exactly how long it was open before me, but it had never turned a profit. It had always lost money. And they don't have a lot of traffic there. So I was basically tasked with trying to figure out how to get the most out of every customer that comes in the door. Now, that wasn't my goal or task. I had to figure that out because I didn't know how I was going to get people to spend money there to make it profitable. So what I started to do is I started to dig into some things and I, and I looked at, uh, you know, how we were doing things. And it turned out that we were always just trying to sell one race at a time. So everybody's coming in and buying the minimum purchase. And customer retention was very low because people might come in, race one time and never come back because they'd only race one time. It wasn't that fulfilling of an experience. So I kind of flipped it on its head. And I, all I did was change the very first thing that all of our customer service representatives said when someone walked in the door. They would always say, hey, can I, hey, basically, hey, can I get you into a race today or something like that? I turned it into, hey, can I interest you in a three race package? So now I'm selling the experience of three races, a um, you know, a, a, a t-shirt and kind of a good time, right? So they're there for about an hour to, to race all three of those, maybe between 40 minutes and an hour. And they kind of get to understand, they get to watch other races and they kind of see how things are done. And then they actually get better at it. So the entire customer experience was better. So I, within a short period of time, we took that, that, that script or that just that single line and went from not profitable to $6,000 in profit the first month we implemented it. And then it was $6,000 the next month. Wow. And then it was another $8,000 and a $30,000 profit month. And then by the time I left five months after I started it, it had been profitable every single month that we did it. And the only thing I actually used to incentivize the employees was a pizza party if we hit the goals and a $50 cash bonus to anyone who sells the most of these three years packages. So it cost the company about $200 at most, maybe not even that, maybe 150 bucks to actually implement this strategy and it turned into profit after profit after profit after profit. And essentially during this time, I'd met a guy who was an Amazon seller. He wanted to learn how to race faster at go-karts. And actually, he didn't even mention it to me. I actually saw him racing and I just said, hey, you seem like you're pretty good. Would you like to go faster and learn how to race better? And he was like, absolutely. So I took out a little dry race pad and kind of sketched out the map of the track, told him where to break and how to take the turns and all that stuff. And he was like, okay seems weird that you have to break to go faster, but he tried it. And on his very next uh, race, his slowest lap was faster than any of his previous fastest laps. So he got addicted and he and I became friends. And essentially one thing led to another. He's like, why don't you come work with me? I said, I don't know anything about Amazon. I know online a little bit. I, you know, I've seen Facebook marketing and stuff like that, but this was 2013. Even that Facebook ads weren't even paid for back then. Like you could get them for free. So this was very kind of early days of like 
what you could do on Amazon, what Facebook allowed you to do. And essentially, I just said, Okay, I, I kind of need to know what you do. So he showed me his operation, he was into he was selling cell phone accessories, so screen protectors, uh, power cables, um, you know, the unit that plugs in the wall, so the adapters. And I said, Okay, this seems legitimate, kind of looked through it, saw how he had customer service and all that stuff. And he basically needed somebody to run the business as a business, because all he knew was the online marketing side, and he needed somebody to actually build and scale this thing. So literally the day before I started working, his account got shut down as well as two other big sellers that we were working with their accounts as well. So day before I started, I thought I just quit my job. And now I'm out of work again, because I had no, <laughs> no job, like the no, no oh income coming gosh. in. So I was like, well, there, there that goes. So I just now I have to go beg for my old job back. But we kind of figured it out. It kind of was like a, a really good crash course to learn how to do everything on Amazon from ground up right away because he had already built something. It would have been really easy to jump on a sailing ship, but it kind of was like, now I've got to rebuild this sunken ship and get it back to floating. And then by, uh, that was April of 2013 by, so there was $0 in the bank every month for about a month and a half there. And then we're kind of wow. sticking back in. And then by uh, Christmas, that, that December, we did $500,000 in a 30 day period. So that was his biggest month ever in that business. And you had no experience in this. Nope. So he kind of, he kind of, <laughs> he was like, I'm, I'm going to show you how to do everything and kind of show you the ropes. But really, he he's the kind of serial entrepreneur that doesn't really want to spend the time training. So he was like, here's some stuff, go check it out, learn from that. And then if you have any questions, ask me. So anytime I asked him a question, he'd be like, oh, it's in the training, just go look at the training. I'm like, well, <laughs> it's not, that's why I'm asking you. And he's like, how is it not in there? Like, this is such an easy thing. He'd get frustrated. So I just stopped asking him and just started going out and finding answers for everything. And uh, everybody at the time was actually afraid to ask Amazon for help. And I actually found a way to get an Amazon representative to kind of contact directly. And that guy was really, really helpful in helping me get through a lot of the, the quirks and the, the, the quagmires that Amazon support can provide. Mm -hmm. And that really helped catapult us to get things done faster. Um, so, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of not being afraid to ask the right people and, 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 and take chances on things because everybody was like, Oh, don't ask seller support though. They'll, they'll shut your account down for anything that they seem fishy. And, and I'm like, well, if that's the case, well, we just had our account shut down. So I don't really have much to risk. Right. So I'm going to go ahead and try it anyway. Um, so that's kind of how it started and, and really just built up. And uh, yeah, we, we, we did together quite a few millions of dollars and then uh, I branched off. We'd actually done, started doing some of that coaching stuff. Uh, I, we created a course to help people uh, source products from China. Long story short, that ended up being really successful. I was only the author of it. I wasn't a, an even partner in it, even though I created pretty much all the training and, and you know wrote all the scripts and did half the videos. Wow. Uh, so I got, I got a very little percentage of the royalties for that, but I didn't get the big chunk of money. So um basically we decided to all part ways. I wanted to go more into the coaching and also start my own brands. And that's what I did. So now I have two brands. I've been coaching since 2014, 2015, somewhere in there and mm -hmm. helped thousands of sellers along the way to actually achieve these results by understanding all these little intricacies and all the mistakes you can understand from being an Amazon seller for this long and, and doing all these big, big mistakes that we did. Wow. Amazing story. So you you just basically on your first venture where well, I'm going to go way back there because I want to start with that. You actually just upselled them. I'm guessing is what you basically did to, yeah. instead of just the one 
uh, trip or trail. It's let, let me sew you up to my R3 one. Um, I really love that concept. Um, but that was the first thing that came to my mind was, oh, you upsell them and it actually worked. And yeah. So it's a funny story because I actually did work in a movie theater for a while before that job. And the first thing I, they always had contests about how do you get the, the customer to spend the most money? And it wasn't really to me about trying to get them to spend the most money. It was trying to give them the best experience. Mm-hmm. It always comes back to who you serve and how are they going to accept your messaging, right? So I was always excited. I would always get people to upgrade to the biggest popcorn combo they could get. Anytime we had any charitable uh, fundraisers, I would absolutely crush everybody because all I would say is like, hey, would you like to donate it all like to this you know, charitable fund or whatever? And it, you just add something there to help save children's lives or something like that. And people are like, oh, of course, like, why wouldn't I donate it all? <laughs> everybody else is like, everybody else is like, you know, would you like to donate a dollar to, to this fund? And then they don't even say it half the time. So it really comes down to consistency and just thinking about the customer experience of, of what do they truly want? If you, if they'd say no, so what you can accept rejection, right? It's not your money anyway. Mm -hmm. It's just, you're trying to help them experience it in the best way. So if they say no, okay, that's fine. So like, if they say, no, I don't want the three race package. Can I just start with one? Of course. But if they say no to the one race, you have nowhere to go, but down like $0. Right. Can I interest you in some peanut MMs or something? Right. Uh. There's nothing else here. Like, I don't know why you even walked in the door. So you always want to make the customer experience the best. And this is where we, especially on Amazon, have to really target this because we can't talk to these people personally. Right. We have to know what their expectations are and what they want even before they come to the page. So it's like the ultra version of understanding your customer experience because you can't talk to them to understand that first you literally just have to guess or be very good at knowing it because you you should be a very similar person to your ideal customer and then you just talk about that on the page and and, and really get them to understand you from a business perspective so what kind of things are you now you're doing coaching now so you're are you not doing amazon anymore Oh, I absolutely am. Um, one of my brands is actually a music brand and another one is an automotive uh-huh. brand. So yeah, I've currently, I was actually just in my garage labeling some boxes to ship into Amazon because it just allowed more Amazon storage to go in. So I'm just like, oh man, I'll try to get some of these done real quick, putting some labels on. <laughs> Normally you don't have to do that, but uh, this year was a bit different because of COVID and yes. some restrictions at Amazon warehouses and stuff. So um, I was like, great, let's get some of these boxes out of my house and get them into Amazon where they belong. Um, so I was actually doing that right before this call. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Okay, so you're doing Amazon and you you kind of geared it towards things that you actually enjoy or things yeah. that you know about because you said you know your avatar, you know your ideal client if it's you just a few years ago. <laughs> So I'm guessing um, that's how you've done your research is just, okay, I remember where I was and what I was dealing with and what I needed. Um, And you're able to then use that to help them uh, with their coaching. What kind of coaching services do you do? Exactly. Yeah. So I want to be clear. We, we, we actually coach people. We don't just provide a training course and say, watch these videos and we'll answer some questions about it. Mm-hmm. We actually work with people directly through their Amazon business by getting their numbers, by seeing their listings, by looking at their, you know, product research, all this stuff. And we help them all along the way of like how to actually know if your products are profitable, when you're going to see money back from each product, you know, the return on investment, the cash flow, pretty much everything there is to know about business 
apply to an Amazon business. So that way they understand that there's marketing with like Amazon ads that you have to pay for and all that stuff. And essentially what we do is we walk them through the process. And then as they go through it, if they have questions, they don't just say, here's a hypothetical question. How can I help? How can you help me? We say, okay, show me what you're looking at. So that way, then I can help you directly on that thing. And that's what coaching is, right? So Michael Jordan was the best basketball player in the world. He still had Phil Jackson as a coach. The reason why is because he needed to know how to win better, be more successful. Right. He couldn't do it mm-hmm. on, his, on his own, right? Tiger Woods, same thing. He had a swing coach. He had a caddy telling him how to prepare for every single shot. Why do these guys need help from other people that are not nearly as skilled as them? Because they have an outside perspective and understand that the right strategy, process, pro, uh, procedures, all that stuff applied to anybody, no matter how good or how bad they are, can actually help you grow and be better and be more successful. So we take that very seriously. We know that when people work with us, you know, they invest a decent chunk of money and we want to make sure that we give them the right, most intimate and, and, and just instructive processes to help them along the way at any given point. And kind of to your, your, your talk about the, the right marketing messages, ideal client and all that stuff. We do tell them, hey, take a page out of our books understand who you're actually trying to target your brands to your, your products to, and think to yourself, when you're in that position, what problems do you have? How do you overcome those problems? Do these products help solve that problem? Do these products make them feel better? Um, You know, do these products get used by these people or those people? Because a lot of people want to sit there and say like, Oh, my product, you know, it's, it's a gift. People buy it for a gift. Okay. Well, doesn't the person who gets it as a gift use it for something? Or is it just like sit on a shelf and never get used? So people actually disconnect from the use versus the purchase, right? Right. Everybody thinks I got to sell to the buyer. It's actually the opposite. And if I could tell anybody here, one great piece of advice is that you don't sell to the buyer, you sell to the user. This is very simple in theory, Mm -hmm. but very hard for people to grasp because the user is the one who's going to use the product, understand you are the authority. Now they might also be the buyer, but if a buyer looks at that page and the page is all talking about how it's used, the, the benefits of it being you know, uh, used for this particular user. So let's just give an example. If you had a garden shovel, you wouldn't talk to the buyer as like, hey, it's a great gift for people who are into gardening and landscaping. Okay, why is a shovel a great gift? That's not really a benefit to the user. So mm-hmm. the user would be like, hey, it's you know, diamond plated, uh, you know, diamond plated blade so you can cut through hard dirt e- even easier ergonomic handle design so that your fingers and hands don't get sore and you don't get blisters. Those are benefits. If you wrote that just like the same way and told that to the buyer who purchased it for somebody else, they would still buy it from you because you look like the authority to the user who they're buying it for. So when people back up and say, Hey, I want to talk to the purchaser. And here's a big one. When you talk about products that are for kids, but parents are buying it, everybody on Amazon wants to talk to the parents and say, hey, buy this for your kids. This is actually a form of marketing that I, I, I kind of find it um, disrespectful. It's, it's like you're pushing people. It's, it's, it's pushy car salesman tactics, right? Like, hey, this would be great. Your kids are going to love it. Don't tell me what my kids are going to love. Tell me why I'm going to like it, right? Or tell, tell the kid how he's going to love it. That's how uh-huh. you market stuff. So when, when right. we talked about Saturday morning cartoons, did you see a bunch of like doctors on there talking about how Trix cereal has great vitamins in it? Now you see a cartoon rabbit talking about how tricks are for kids. And it's, <laughs> it's talking about that to the kids. So that way they enjoy the experience, not so that the exactly. go out and buy a sugary cereal. Right. So this is 
incredibly important to understand is that the user is your end person that you're talking to, not the purchaser. So if everybody can take that piece of advice and, you know, I know like your podcast is ideally mostly about uplifting people and, and getting them out of their funks and getting them into mindset. And I kind of want to touch on that here in a little bit as well. But if you're into marketing or sales or business in general, think about your end customer user. What are their experience? What are their pain points, their problems? How are you solving those problems? How do they feel when you solve those problems? And then that's really the messaging that you can drive home. I love that. Wow, that was beautiful. That is exactly, I'm a coach too. And that is exactly what um, my coach, which I also have a coach, yeah. is, you know, doing as well as, is we talk a lot about the benefits. What are they going to receive? What, they don't want to know what the list of everything is. They want to exactly. know what, how this can help them. How is exactly. it going to benefit them? So I agree. I, I really love your message. I love what you're doing. Um, I know you said you were going to share a little bit about mindset. Um, do you want to share with us what that is? Yeah. So, you know, I, I always think about, you know, the times when I was, you know, working at a movie theater and working at a, <laughs> the operations of a, a go-kart facility and all these other things. And, uh, you know, I guess it comes back to the, the question you usually ask is like, what's one piece of advice you'd give to somebody to kind of lift them up? And I'm going to, I guess, just jump ahead. We can oh, come you back are to jumping it. ahead. Okay, now I know what you're you're after. Okay, so yes, I usually ask, what is the one thing that made the biggest shift for you, the biggest transition? Yeah. So I'm guessing it must be mindset, but share with us what that is. Yeah, sorry, I don't mean to. Uh, no, you're good, you're good. Run the, <laughs> run the show or anything. But yeah, so this was the idea that I was going with is it mindset is one of those things when I heard it the first time I was like, this is a bunch of horse crap, like it makes no sense. Like, thinking differently doesn't make the results any different and doesn't help you get successful. That was literally what I thought in 2013. Before I was ever successful before I'd ever even had a passport before I ever traveled to any country before I'd ever had a business. Now I have three. Now I've been to I don't know 15 16 countries, multiple times. Um, the idea here is that if it's not about your mindset of will this work, won't this work? It's the mindset of persistence and passion and combining those two, because if you actually think about it this way, and I'm going to use a, a rock example, anybody who has less talent and less intelligence or whatever than you can be successful. And the reason why is because they have persistence and passion. And generally, there's a procedure in place that they're following, right? So that's the third step is, is following that plan and that process. The persistence and passion part, people always think, yes, I'm persistent and passionate. But as soon as something hard comes along, they pretty much stop and say, I failed at it. Well, there is no such thing as failure unless you quit. The only way you can ever fail at anything is if you quit. Everything else is just an opportunity to get better at it. It's a learning process, right? So we call it testing. It's if you try something, it doesn't work. Okay, we'll try it a different way and try it again. If that doesn't work, try it a different way and try it again. Thomas Edison had a thousand different light bulb opportunities that didn't work until he got to the one that did work. Now we can debate whether he was the one that actually invented the light bulb or if he stole the idea or whatever, but he was the one credited with the light bulb, right? So here's the rock analogy. Everybody knows the band Creed. Everybody unanimously hates the band Creed. Or you could use Nickelback if you're not familiar with Nickelback. These are two bands that almost everybody worldwide was like, these are garbage bands, but they were ultra successful back in the early 2000s. So why were they so successful? Do you think it was because they were the most talented bands? 
no, clearly they, I mean, Led Zeppelin, Beatles, they're way more talented. Obviously they're way more successful, but there were other more talented bands out there at the time as their contemporaries. The reason why they were successful is because they were okay making their bad music in their garage for years and years and years, making their bad music and playing it in front of people for years and years and years. And then eventually they got a recording contract because it didn't matter if they, they thought the music was great. Everybody does like, why would you keep making bad music? It's what, you know, finally somebody out there was like, Hey, you know, this isn't so bad. Like this sounds pretty good. It was only when they got super popular that people started to push back and say, this is bad music. Right. <laughs> Not like they always have bad music, but right. it's, it's, it's that hater strategy, right? Oh, now that they're famous, their music's bad. Yeah. Um, but just think about that. Like you could be really, you could be worse than Creed or Nickelback at whatever you're doing in your position at whatever thing you're passionate about right now, you know, in, in the public view of you're not as talented as them or as good as them or as skilled as them. But if you keep doing it long enough and you keep pushing those processes and strategies and be passionate and have the, you know, have the uh, patience and the persistence to do it, you will 100% get to some level of success in that field of whatever you do. And it's just a matter of time and, 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 and essentially putting yourself out there. I've never seen anybody who was ever great at something, who was hiding in a cave somewhere and never told anybody about what they were doing. Never seen that. Right. Why? No. Because how could we know that they're in a cave somewhere? We can't possibly know, know yeah. that. So you have to get out there. You have to share that knowledge. You have to share your experience. You have to share your passion and your persistence. And people will start to see that. And you will get what you want when you do that. Wow. I love that. Never give up. Yeah. Just keep going. And yeah, we're always learning, aren't we? And I agree with you, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I work with women and, and, you know, sometimes it's a little bit trial and error to figure out, you know, what works for them or whatever. And, and sometimes, you know, you get discouraged, but it's like, no, what did we learn from this? What can we do differently here? Because if, it, if you're always looking at the learning and, you know, if something doesn't turn out right, maybe you need to shift it just a little bit or, you know, it just instead of looking at it as a bad thing. So I really love that you shared that. Um, thank you, Isaac, for I mean, sharing I that. I don't know of anybody who gets it right the first time. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I totally agree with that one. Usually, if you talk to most entrepreneurs, they've tried a hundred things before they figure it out. Yeah. You know, it's just, that's just the way it is. But yeah. the idea of um, an overnight sensation or success yeah. is definitely not no. true. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. Well, Isaac, I appreciate you being on the show today. I appreciate you sharing your amazing stories. So if somebody was to want to find out more and work with you, where would they be able to find you? Yeah, so we actually have some free training on our website. You can just go to goteamreal.com. So G-O-T-E-A-M-R-E-A-L.com. And you can find out about what we do and how we help Amazon sellers, you know, obviously become more successful and learn the processes and strategies that really truly make them business owners instead of just finding a product and seeing if it works on Amazon. So head there if you want, you can definitely contact us. We do have a podcast, which you can check out on that page as well. It's called the Sprint to Profit Podcast for Amazon sellers. And yeah, Perfect. we look forward to hearing from you guys. And, and you know, obviously listen to Donna. She knows what she's talking about. <laughs> well, thank you. So I love that. Um, so we will make sure and put those in the show notes for uh, everyone to be able to link up to that. So what, in this freebie, could you tell us a little, it just kind of gets them started on the Amazon, like what do's and don'ts or? Yeah, so we, well, 
as you know, we've, we've spent a lot of time finding all the mistakes you can make on Amazon. So right. it really covers a lot of the big mistakes and how not to do that. And then basically through that mindset of here's a bunch of the mistakes you can make, here's how mm -hmm. to not do those things. So that's what Got the free it. training will go through. Um, I think it's like Perfect. 45 minutes or something like that. So it's a decent level of, of okay. information and understanding, but it's not going to be totally in depth. You're not going to learn how to right. start to finish, create an Amazon business. That's going to generate a million dollars or anything like that. It's, it's, it's there to help you understand and give you the overview concepts to really understand the business and how we can help you get there. Perfect. And then if they want to go further with you, it just will give them some information on that. Yep. Correct. So the, you know, watch that video. We have uh, you know, you can go to support at goteamreal.com if you want to reach out. Um, okay. Yeah. There's, there's definitely multiple ways you can reach out. And I think there's even, uh, I think uh, a contact form on the website where you can contact us as well. Okay, great. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Isaac. We appreciate you being on the show today, sharing your story and giving those out there that are entrepreneurs that want to actually get this business started um, some hope of how to get started. So thank you. You're very welcome. And thank you for having me. It's been a, a great time. You're welcome. My name is Donna Gammon, and this is Power to Grow. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave a review now, and I will give you a free download of my blessed morning. This is something that is worth so much. It's what I use to get past my past, if you know what I mean. Until our next show, thank you again for joining us. This is Donna Gammon, and this is Power to Grow. Thank you.